0: Well, Hi hey there. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, we're just getting things set up over here at Gritty Mystic for an incredible first season. Do you want a quick tour? Heck yeah, you do. <laughs> All right, then. Come on. Let's get a cup of something good and I'll show you around. Welcome to Gritty Mystic, the podcast for the daring and ready to awaken the power to master and direct your life. Or as I like to call it, becoming fucking unstoppable. I'm your host, Tracy King, intuitive channel and transformational teacher, here to connect you with tips, tools, and techniques to step into your power as the most authentic you. Let's get into it. Mm, Yummy. I got myself a cup of snarky tea. Love it. So here we are at the cafe. It's cool, isn't it? Oh, yeah. This is the part of the show where you and I hang out and briefly chat about what's going on. You might imagine us at the stand-up counter over here, or maybe the high-top table over there in the cafe. Whatever feels right. We can sit, stand, whatever you want to do. It's just you and me chatting it up. When the convo gets really good, I'll invite you to join me at the table, where I'll probably have a friend, or maybe three, (laughs) who has expertise in what we're talking about and will help us take that conversation deeper. They're going to offer tips, tools, and techniques that you can take away with you and try. They're over there. Do you see them? Give them a wave. Hey guys! (laughs) You get to meet them when you come back. It's gonna be so good! Mm. It's gonna be like, you know, dipping out to join some friends at your local cafe and have a meaningful conversation about things that matter most to you. I mean, that is if you're interested in becoming fucking unstoppable. I'm just assuming. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, it's gonna be inspirational. Sometimes it's gonna be challenging. Some conversations will get emotional. But ultimately... We're all about mastering the present moment as the most authentic and powerful you. Oh yeah, it's going to be good. We're going to have some fun around here. Oh, you have a question? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Why do I call myself the Gritty Mystic? (laughs) Perfect segue, my friend. I thank you. Well, let me just take a quick moment here and tell you a little bit about myself, and then we'll dive into today's topic. How's that sound? All right, let's do it. Quick disclaimer, though. My story gets a touch gritty. So we're not going to get graphic, but I do want to give you a fair content warning. I grew up in the fundamentalist evangelical Christianity world. So for those of you who've been there and done that, you kind of know where I'm going with this. It was the kind of childhood where there was no playing outside on Sundays, where gays were definitely going to hell, and women, gosh darn it, they've got their place. It was a kind of upbringing where we would watch end-of-time movies about believers getting beheaded after the rapture, which just traumatized me as a child. It was the kind of childhood where my frequent paranormal experiences were absolutely terrifying to me because the worldview I was wearing, with the angels and the demons battling out for my internal soul, were conveyed with such horrific detail. Right, that. So, side note, you know, I... Dearly love my parents, and we're reconciled about this, but it was a big yikes growing up. I mean, without blame, because I take responsibility for my own choices, this point of view in life set me up for some big hurt. So, fast forward to a major life turning point, which was deep clinical depression. I mean, hey there, guy. Ugh. My religion didn't fit me, despite the dedication to study and attending worship services and all of the volunteers hours that I poured into my church. It just, it didn't fit. And my marriage on top of that was crumbling. It was just a big heap of nope. And I was ideating my end on a daily basis. I was just in so much pain. I promised you real talk. And that's where I was. Honestly, if it wasn't for my four beautiful children, I just, I couldn't bear to leave. We probably wouldn't be having this conversation today. Depression comes in many forms, triggered by a host of conditions and chemicals. For me, it was situational depression. And I came to the realization that my depression was talking to me. (laughs) Not in a, like, hearing voices kind of way, but in a you-need-to-deal-with-some-shit kind of way. So, at the end of one therapy session, my therapist recommended that I stop on the way home and swing by the Barnes & Noble for a particular book. Well, it turns out I didn't find that book, but I did find one called Listening to Depression. The first words of the first chapter just kind of leapt into my face, and it read, Depression is meant to stop you in your tracks. It's your signal something is wrong and needs to be healed. (coughs) No shit, book. I was 107 pounds and this body is not meant to be. I was all, I'm okay on the outside and a complete dumpster fire on the inside. What else you got there, book? Well, it continues. The premise of this book is that the main symptoms of depression are in service of transforming your life. Um, what? Like, in that moment? Like, fuck off. (laughs) Like, all the way off the planet. Mm, really? That's what you got to say to me right now? Well, turns out I then proceeded to sit on the floor in the bookstore and devour the first several chapters because I just realized in my bones that I was at a choice point in my life. Now, my experience is my own. I'm not saying it will be or should be anything like this for you, but the author, Dr. Lara Hannes Webb, she was right on in my case, and I'm deeply grateful that she wrote this book. You know, reading this book was kind of like a a gut punch and then a friend hug and then a snotty cry fest, honestly. (laughs) When I started to listen to my pain as I was reading this book and all of the different facets around how to listen, I knew what I needed to do, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't feel like I could do it, that I was strong enough to do it. I felt trapped. I was isolated. I was numbed out by antidepressants. I I felt completely powerless. Well, I'll cut to the chase now because all of that grief in all five stages simultaneously was a huge, messy cluster. We can circle back if you want to, but you know, the thing is, is I made it. And the truth is, my therapist told me later she didn't think I would. Together at our last session, we just marveled at the transformational power that a Spark of hope for something better brings. How you doing there? Is this TMI? I hope not. Establishing this low point makes my comeback all the sweeter. So the turning point that I just described really opened way to a complete life transformation for me. I mean, honestly, you wouldn't recognize me now if you knew me back then. And that transformation was rooted in a powerful question surveying everything in my life, the question was, is this authentic to me? If yes, great. Climb on board, practice, belief or relationship. But if not, no worries. I bless and release you. I had taken on so much of what others wanted me to be, how I should look, how I should behave, that I had to get reconnected to who I am and what I intend to become this was my first practice. This was the first step in my journey to just becoming an authentic and powerful me. And this practice opened doors to incredible new opportunities. I mean, ultimately leading me to meeting my primary guide, and now serving as a spirit guide medium, and a channel, and a transformational teacher. A greedy mystic, one might say. But pause on that I'm not really the love and light kind of guide because as you can see from my story I'm coming at you from the camp where pain and contrast in our life communicate to us they help us sort they explicitly show us what we would prefer to create it for ourselves in our lives and it takes grit and guts to craft your personal path with purpose but I'm here for it and for you this podcast is my invitation to you to ask yourself my turning point question. Is this authentic to me? Each time we meet, you may find an idea or a practice or even a practitioner, a coach that sings with resonance deep in your bones that you really connect with. Or you might feel in your gut, no, that's not for me. And you bless and release it. It's all good. It's one of the simplest and most challenging things we can do to take a stand for ourselves. Get that question down on a post-it or maybe on your phone background or, or even write it on your bathroom mirror, wherever it needs to be to remind you that this moment, this moment right here is a choice point. Will you choose to be authentically you? Lovely. It's a new year and you have the opportunity this year to be and to be All you are. Where to start? How about right here, right now? (laughs) I'd like to share a practice with you that I use to maintain my momentum. How about we take this conversation to the table? Let's do it. All right, it's a new year. Back at what feels like a decade ago, on New Year's 2020. (laughs) I was actually in Key West with my fam and we were applauding the first sunset of the year, and I was thinking to myself, Good riddance, 2019. <laughs> right? Hello, 2020. But of course, you know, I didn't have any clue what pandemic, murder, hornet, friends with cancer, sick dog, election anxiety pounds kind of shit 2020 would bring. And honestly, after that trauma, I definitely approach a new year with a little more caution. But <laughs> despite all that happened last year, I still experienced business growth, growth in my relationships. And last year was a I experienced really profound spiritual growth. It was a deeply spiritual year for me, which signals some things were going right too. I've got two practices that I engage with at the end of a year or the beginning of the year in order to set my intentions and face in the quote unquote right direction, so to speak. Because if you don't know where you're going, you're never gonna get there, right? So full disclosure, I am a double Taurus, but I do have some Neptune dreaminess in my chart. So this combo is my one-two punch. So the first thing I do is I find a block of time and I curl up with my iPad for a review preview exercise. I open up Evernote and I read what I wrote a year ago, which entails my goals and the conditions that I want to see in my life in eight key areas say this exercise, by the way, is a modification of Natalie Bacon's plan your best year ever exercise. So I'll leave a link in the show notes for you so you can take a look at it, see if it's something you want to use or modify for your use. Essentially, I review what I intended and then I journal right beside those intentions what actually happened. So it's an opportunity for me to see, you know, where I really crushed it and where I kind of laid down on it and and didn't take it as far as I wanted to go. And then after that, I set my goals for the coming year. And honestly, then I just set it aside. By the time I'm done with this exercise, I've spent at least a couple hours on it. I've really felt into it, all that I want to bring into my life in the coming year. And so then I close Evernote and usually I don't even look at it again until the next year's review preview. So that's the first thing. Next, after that work, that piece of work has had a chance to cool and really sink into my subconscious, I set aside time to vision board. Now this exercise, of course, is primarily visual. I'm calling upon a different part of my brain and subconscious. And even though I, you know, I create my vision board electronically, I do love the whole cut out and paste poster method that so many others enjoy too. We're actually going to talk about vision boarding in the next episode, so I'm not going to go too deep into detail about my process here but suffice it to say it's a way to tap into that dreamy space that I was telling you about and and really pull down what I want to see in my life what I want to you know draw upon and where I really want to take my next steps into the future so once I complete that work if there are immediate next steps that I can take in my vision board then I take them because we need to pair real-world action with any of our visioning and envisioning, of course. I like to keep my vision board in my office, and I will pull it out now and again, and I'll take a look at it and see how things are going. And, well, quick teaser for the next conversation we're going to have next time. I actually manifested 13 to 14 items on my vision board last year. I know, right? I mean, the 14th thing was international travel, so I do claim a 2020 buy on that. (laughs) (laughs) So pretty impressive. I'm pretty impressed with how it all worked out. Well, this has been the practice I've engaged in for years and years and years. And it's really worked for me. It's helped me not only set my intention, but maintain some incredible momentum to reach higher and higher and higher. But then what happened was (laughs) last month, when I met with my astrologer, Sarah, she challenged me to switch it up. So not You know, to abandon all my Taurean grounded and kick-ass planning part of me so much, but to resist starting there. Because that's like starting where the constriction and limitation of resources and what is live, right? So now I have to say that I'm really ambitious with my goals. They're not mini mites that are easy to check off a list, but she challenged me to initiate this work in the realm of possibility. Ooh, that just really hit me when she said that. That resonated super deep for me. So what that means for me is that I spent time connecting with my still point and just sitting with my guide team and listening and receiving and just that give it to me, mode. just get it connected and with the juiciness of what's possible in that realm. And then capturing everything I saw, I heard, felt, or realized in that space. And <sighs> holy shit, sis. I mean, I'm going to cry. I accessed things so deep inside, so much further out, and yet directly connected to my purpose that this starting place for doing my review preview work and the vision boarding absolutely transformed my process. I mean, Shout out to Sarah. Thanks, girl. Stunning. So, this all comes back to you, friend. What do you want this year? Who will you be? What are you becoming? Start that sorting of what is authentic to you, for sure, and what needs to be blessed and released. That's a great starting point. That's a great practice to embrace if you haven't already. You can use these or other practices to get clear on where you're headed. And how about this? How about we manifest some magnificence this year? Are you game for it? Mm, I am. I'm in. Raising my hand right now. You know I adore you, right? I do. I do. So let me know what you plan to do to set your feet in the right direction for this year that you want. Jump on in the comments right now and, and share your thoughts. Share your tips. I want to hear them. And any questions that you have around this work to join the conversation. Thanks for coming by for the tour today. We've got so much more to talk about. Hey, and be sure to tell others like us that we got a thing going on over here and they're welcome to join in too. Can't wait to see you soon. Thanks for joining us today on Gritty Mystic. You can find me and show notes for this episode at grittymystic.com slash episodes. And thank you so much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing our show. It helps us reach others like us and grow the Gritty Mystic community. Take care, friend. See you next time. Oh, hey. Yeah, sometimes at the end here, I'll leave a show outtake or a preview of an upcoming show. You'll have to just listen to the end to find out. (laughs) This time, I just want to make it clear and make it known that here at Gritty Mystic, Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights love is love, magic is real, and you create your reality. Be kind to each other, folks, and comment unto others as you would have them comment unto you. Tune in next time for more gritty goodness.